Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Glowdown. Today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by both the Chief Soccer Officer and Technical Director of FC Dallas, Andre Zanata. Andre, welcome to the show. Hi Connor, thank you very much. It's, it's a pleasure to be here and sharing this this next uh, minutes with you uh, so we can discuss about football, which is always great. And Andre, as I begin at the start of every episode, I take the guests back to their youth and more so their earliest childhood memory when it comes to football. When I say those words to you, what does that mean? Oof, and a lot of things. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm from Brazil and, uh, and, and soccer, football. I will say soccer and football all the time. So I, I like to say football more, but I'm, I'm, I'm here in the West for a long time now. So I kind of used to say soccer, but um, I, there's, there's so many memories. Uh, one of the things that comes that came first to my mind is just playing in the streets of uh, where my grandma used to live. I was very, very young, maybe five, six, seven years old and playing in the streets with my brother and my cousins and uh, friends that, that lived near her house. And uh, most of the time barefooted. Uh, so this is, this is something I really, I really miss that, uh, that, 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 that is really what you see a lot in Brazil, uh, kids playing everywhere. And, uh, and, and, and that's, that's, I remember a lot about my childhood playing, playing soccer. And, uh, and also I, I was this, this week I was like, we're, we are in world cup. So. Uh, I remember some flashes I have of watching the World Cup eight, 1986. I was six years old and I uh, remember being with my mom and dad at some their friend's house watching, uh, I think it was Brazil, Spain. Uh, I have that, that memory as well. So since we are in World Cup times, I, uh, that's that's a good memory. I, I was trying to tell my, my kids about uh, uh, my, my first World Cup memory and how many World Cups I've seen. Uh, and and, and the, the first one that I have some pleasures is, is 1986. It's a brilliant thing, which I hope will remain protected with the World Cup, Andre, these four-year cycles, because it enables us to take a lens into the past. And as you spoke about there so eloquently, speaking about 1986, your earliest childhood memory. When it comes to football, but if we're to look at the current day, I mean, you hold the current capacity of Chief Soccer Officer and Technical Director, FC Dallas. How would you define that role? Uh, so it's uh, there's different uh, names for, for that position. And here in the MLS, you have GMs, you have the sporting directors, you have uh, Vice President of Soccer Operations or... Uh, Vice President of Soccer and uh, Technical Director. Uh, the league calls each one, each one of the sporting directors of the 29. Now this in 2023, we'll have 29 MLS teams. They call us CSOs, Chief uh, Soccer Officers. And uh, so what? how I describe my role and the sporting director role in general is just uh, the person that oversees the whole strategy and uh, this operations of the of the football soccer department um we are um 
we are involved with a multidiscipline uh, people working managing people from multidisciplines. Uh, so it's it's a lot of about the strategic is just the vision and 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 the plans for 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 the club for the the soccer side the sport the sporting side uh, for for that year for the short mid and long term. Um, and also uh, uh, the operations of the daily basis, and, and in my case, is from the academy level up to the first team. Uh, we have also a second team here that I'm I'm, I'm directly uh, involved, and uh, it's a lot about managing people. Uh, we manage people with so many different backgrounds, of many different uh, expertise, uh, and and. As I said, uh, people from from different areas, medical performance, scouting, uh, the coaching staff, uh, players, uh, and uh, uh, and and also managing uh, and, and establishing processes, uh, protocols. So with the, how 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 are process to 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 sign a player what is the process from from uh, with our scouting department we're involved in our coaching staff and involved in sometimes the medical department so uh there's a lot of different processes and and and, and that the sporting director has to manage and make sure it's running smoothly and, and and it's running well uh so it's very broad uh usually fans see our position as that guy that is just uh uh, signing players or uh, like we obviously we're, we're this is a big part of big board part, part of our of our of our role uh extending players contract managing those moments where where to extend the contract where where we we, we transfer a player uh player negotiation is also something important but there's a lot more in the sporting director role as i mentioned uh that uh it's it's i think it's so important for any football club to have someone in that position. It's great for everyone listening, Andre, to hear you speak because it just goes to show how widely and wholly encompassing the role actually is. And as you know yourself, I mean, there's many different pathways to that role of technical director. I mean, be it academy, be it the recruitment side, or even what we're starting to see now, new trends with former players. However, your own pathway came from just being outside the industry. Could you tell the audience how your career began? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, as I said in the beginning, uh, being born in Brazil, you, you kind of have no choice but you love soccer. So, uh, football is just uh, uh, we have a lot of passion for the sport, and 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 and, and it's it's uh, it's it's in you, and 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 it's in the country everywhere you, everywhere you go. Uh, I come from a family of lawyers. Uh, my father, my mother, my brother—they're uh, all lawyers. And uh, it was kind of like I I thought uh, that was the the natural pathway I was going to follow. Um, soon I realized that I played uh, amateur level uh, different clubs. I uh, played a few tournaments in in Europe when I was in local clubs uh, in in Denmark and in Finland in Austria, uh, but I realized I was not talented enough to pursue the career uh, as a professional uh, player. So I went to law school, I finished law school and, and during during law school and, and, and towards the end, I was already trying to focus on sports law. I wanted to work to combine that 
what I was studying and with uh, my passion for sports, especially football. Uh, so right after I graduated, I started working in a law firm, uh, just with sports law. And, and, and this is, was like, for me, was just, uh, amazing to, to be working with that and be involved in, in, in deals, uh, transfer of players. I, I was also, uh, the, where I was working at that moment was more in international sports law. So, um, a lot of cases in FIFA and in the Code of Arbitration for Sports. So it was it was something that really I, I liked a lot. And and then I realized when I was so we were at this law firm, I was representing many clubs in Brazil from different levels, so top clubs to medium small clubs. And I realized this was back 2006, 2007, uh, how much you needed uh, the clubs needed people with uh, uh, expertise in 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 the market uh, to understand uh, negotiations to know the language to I, I I speak Spanish I speak uh, English Italian Portuguese so having that possibility of speaking different languages uh, uh, helped me the clubs would come to me and say we need to go to London or we need to go to Ukraine uh, because we're transferring a player or we want to sign a player. And I was, I began to be directly involved in the managing side of the clubs and it really got my, like I said, that that's what I want to do. I, 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 I don't want to be just stuck. I thought, I think the, the legal background and being and, and understanding the legal side really helps me every day in what I do, uh, but I didn't want to be just stuck in the legal part and I wanted to just be more part of a, the management side of a club. So I decided to, to quit my, my, my job uh, and as, as a sports lawyer and study, go to Europe. I, I applied for the FIFA master and I was accepted to the FIFA international master in, in humanities uh, uh, in management, humanities, and, and, and sports law. Uh, I studied and I went there in 2009. Uh, and, and, and my idea when I went there was just to have this career shift, to, to get out of the, the, the legal side and, 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 and enter the management side. And of, uh, especially, I wanted to work in, 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 a, in a football club. So this master was fantastic for me, mostly because of the networking, the people you meet. And one of the person I met there, uh, he was uh, he was the general director of a club in Mexico, Atlanta FC. And he invited me to go there after the master to help him in, in, in different areas, not specifically the sporting side, uh, but also commercial. So I could have, even though it's, small medium club in in mexico at that time uh atlante right now it's in, in second division uh but it really gave me a an idea of what what professional working in a professional club is so and then i came back to brazil that that, that was very important to have that in my cv my one experience in a club because i noticed when i tried to when i finished the master trying to find 
opportunities to work in the industry in clubs, they really saw my legal background and, and it was tough to to get a job in, in, in what I wanted to do. So I, I went to Atlanta and then I went back to Brazil to work at uh, Traffic Sports, one the, the company that own uh, Storil in Portugal. They own, they had their own development club in Brazil, the, the Sportivo Brazil. Both clubs are, are sold now. Uh, and uh, and I was part of managing those clubs, uh, and 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 that's how I went. And one of the one of the directors in 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 traffic sports went to Santos FC in 2012, early 2012, and he invited me to be his assistant, assistant to the sporting director. Uh, so, and then I went to Santos uh, in 2012. Uh, at that time, Neymar was still there. Uh, Felipe Anderson, uh, Rafael Cabras, many of the players that later went to Europe. Uh, Santos had had won the Libertadores the, the, the year the year prior to that. Uh, so, and then I went to Santos. This sporting director, after maybe a year, a little bit less, he left. Uh, he left the job, and I became the interim sporting director of Santos, one of the gigantic clubs in Brazil. And I was 32 to 33 at that time. So for me, it was huge experience. And then the president also had health issues. He had to step aside. And the vice president that I had a very good relationship. He, and then he asked me to stay as the sporting director. So I stayed in Santos for three years. And uh, I, I, I like to say that in Brazil with the, the political instability that there is in clubs and and it's so difficult to survive uh, and to three different presidents I I, I, I I started with one president and, and I had another two so I stayed there for three years after we won the state cup in 2015 I decided to leave and uh, and pursue other other uh, other opportunities. Uh, and I went to Sport Recife, stayed there one year. Then I went to Grêmio, another giant club in Brazil. Uh, staying in Grêmio for two years. We won the Libertadores, was two magical years there in Grêmio. We won Libertadores 2017. We lost to Real Madrid, the final of the FIFA Club World Cup 2017. We won the Recopa, uh, the South American Recopa in uh, 2018. We won again the State Cup after a long time in 2018. So it was very good years in Santos. And then in the end of 2018, uh, one of the persons that I had working with me in traffic sports, traffic had, had, a, had an office in Miami and Luis Muzi was running this office there. And he was that time the tech, not technical director, he was the director of soccer operations of FC Dallas. And he had received an offer from Orlando City. So in the end of 2018, we were negotiating a centre-back, Brisson. Uh, I was, as a Grêmio sporting director, uh, transferring uh, Brisson to, to uh, Dallas. And uh, when we, we ended the negotiations, Luis Muzi told me, hey, uh, I, I got an offer from, from Orlando City. I'm moving there. Uh, I'd like to recommend you to the owners of FC Dallas. Would you be interested? I said, yes, for sure. And that's how I'm here. <laughs> so that, it was a bit long answer, but 
uh, now it's I'm going to my fifth season in, in MLS, which is which is great, and and I really really enjoy being here. It's an absolutely terrific timeline which you've just shown to us, Andre. But one of those earliest experiences that I wanted to unpack was the one at Santos, and again for those listening, you know, a club etched in fucking folklore. You know, players such as Pelis, play, uh, players such as Neymar, who coincided with your time there, but. Any technical director that we spoke with on this show, Andreas, always spoke about the tricky balance of managing what you can do in the short term with a focus on the long term. Being at a club like Santos, you know, managing those expectations, 32 years of age, you know, with all the pressure coming from fans amidst political turmoil off the pitch with changing presidency and whatnot. What was your internal self-talk like during that time, being a young sporting director? Yeah, so I, I I think I I really realized everything that I went through and 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 how being young sporting director in such a big club with a historical club as you mentioned after my my period there you know like when when you're there there's so much going on and and you and you don't have time to just uh, get out of where you are and and have a a a broader look like when you 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 go to a spaceship and then you go the you see the earth from from a different perspective and see how beautiful it is and we're here and we don't we don't uh we can see that where when when we're inside uh, apparently but uh it it is it is it was such a big challenge and uh we we had so much to do at that time uh, because Santos had won a lot of things in the previous years, and uh, we transferred Neymar, we transferred Danilo, Alexandro, just to mention three there are in the current squad of the World Cup. Um, and uh, and also, as I mentioned, Felipe Anderson and, and others that left the club, and we had to rebuild the, the, the squad and, and the expectations from fans and from everyone uh, around the city, the communities, is just team will continue to win. And we know that football doesn't happen uh, uh, unless you're a Bayern Munich or maybe Red Bull Salzburg. <laughs> you're not going to be winning every year. Uh, so we, it was really challenging. We, uh, I, I made some changes in, in the staff at that time bringing people I knew and, 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 and I think we, we really, uh, it's the expectations of big clubs in Brazil is always, they will be the top. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we say in Brazil that it's, uh, the, the second place is, doesn't matter much. People don't value the second place and, uh, when, and, and you have to, you have to win. So it was more of uh, reconstructing the team at that time uh and uh and i think we did a good job obviously you cannot win it um, right away when you lose players of this caliber as i mentioned uh but you start to build and especially there's also big expectation when you're santos based on you just mentioned two of the top top players that came from the academy but there's so many more uh that 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 were developing in, in in the club, and we always expect uh, the first team to have players promoted uh, from the academy. 
So I remember in 2014, we had a roster of uh, near 60, 60% of players from our academy, which is a huge number, um, including some players that we had Robinho, Robinho that went, we, we brought him back from AC Milan. He was, uh, he was a loan back to Santos. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's for me, it was, was, uh, I learned so much being thrown like, Hey, here we go. You're, you're in charge of it now. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and obviously I was already involved as assistant sporting director the year before. Uh, so I, I knew well, uh, what, what was going on there, but when you're, when you're in, in the top position and, uh, but I had a lot of support, especially from the president at that time, Odidio. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to him for the opportunity he gave and for believing in me. That was just like a, this really changed the direction of my career. So when once you and then uh, once you have that kind of opportunity, and uh, and then in 2015, we we to the end of 2014 there was the elections. And the opposing party won the elections, so completely opposed. And it's just like any other politics in in in, in countries. You see, clubs uh, are the same when you don't have owners. Ninety percent of the clubs don't have owners now. It's changing in Brazil a little bit, uh, and I think it's going to change more and more. Uh, but and I stayed. So the the president, the new president, came to me. Said, "Hey, I've heard good things about you. I want you to continue with us." But even though, like we 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 reconstruct the club, we won the state cup as I mentioned in 2015, which is a big thing, uh, and in Brazil the the state cup, and uh, and and then I thought it was the moment to to step aside because when when a new president comes, even though it's the same club, there's a lot of new things they they want to impose, and some of the things that was was not aligned with what I thought. Uh, the way I wanted, and and many people that were with me before, uh, during the previous years, uh, they 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 left. So after we won that competition, and around June 2015, I decided to. And and it's three years without vacation, without uh, having time for the family. So I thought it was the the moment to, to to do that, and uh, and then as I said. I rested for a little bit, and then a new a new challenge at Sport Recife again. And I mean, it's suffice to say the negotiation negotiation skills, Andre, that you would have learned in your legal career would come in handy, because you know no sooner had you taken over the role that the eyes of the world were on you with the protracted negotiations, which took Neymar at the time from Santos to Barcelona. Can you give us an inside scoop as to what went on during that time? For during the the transfer of Neymar to Barcelona, yeah, that was that was crazy moments for us. Uh, so I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna again. I'm uh, sorry if it takes me long because it's 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 a very interesting story. I think for whoever's listening, how what happened before and what led us to to transfer him in 2013. So so Neymar had a contract. Uh, he's he's Employment contract with Santos was uh, valid until February 2015, when I got there. Well, no, before I got there, sorry. 
So, and then the people that were there at that time, uh, especially the president, uh, Luis Alvaro, who's, who, uh, who's, who, who passed away uh, two, three years ago, he sat down with, with the board and they thought Neymar is, our, our fan base is increasing. We're getting more more sponsorship money because of him. We're getting more TV money because of him. Uh, we're winning titles. It's important. Uh, the sporting side, the the commercial, the financial, it's everything is going well with him. So and and there was a lot of clubs, uh, Chelsea, uh, many Premier League clubs and clubs from Spain, uh, top clubs from Europe wanted to sign him. And uh, I don't remember exactly when. I think it was 2010 when he sat down with uh, Neymar's father. So two years before my arrival at the club. And uh, they, <clears throat> I'm sorry, uh, they agreed on let's make your contract until the World Cup in Brazil, uh, July, so 30 June 2014. Uh, and we won't, we won't, have we we won't transfer you we want you to stay until the end of the contract and then you go free and 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 you um you choose the club you want to go so but it's important that we want to keep him uh for longer so whatever we're making with all those 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 things that i mentioned makes more sense to keep him here we're going to win more titles than letting him go before so that was the agreement and then it was done. Uh, no other. Obviously, all the time was uh, uh, teams were trying to, to sign him, but it was it was it was the agreement was made in this way. And then uh, fast forward to twenty thirteen, we Santos was in a difficult financial moment at that at that time. And, uh, and and we sat down with, uh, and, and Neymar's father came to speak with us. And he said, I think it's important that my son has at least one year playing in top leagues in Europe before the World Cup, because the 2014 World Cup means a lot for him, for the country. He's the, the, the top player in, in the national team. So it would be good if he has one year playing in Europe before, uh, before he can, before he can play the World Cup, and because he's playing with the the the, the guys in top level, so at that time, and Neymar was also being with a. I remember making the just the, the number of days that Neymar was serving the national team during 2012 or 2013. I don't remember, or like it was three months that he would spend with the national team and not with the club. Uh, from the day he he leaves the club until the day he returns, and also with the Confederations Cup or uh, Copa America, whatever we had at that time. <laughs> Sorry. So, and then we sat down. Uh, we thought maybe it's important that we try to to the the transfer fee money will help us and uh, will be important for the club and the player. Once you go, he thinks it's important for him to have that experience in Europe. And uh, we understand. So we kind of like rethought what this strategy was before, and uh, and 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 we opened two conversations, and in the end it was Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, 
battle uh, to to try to sign him. The players showed from the beginning that he wanted to go to Barcelona, and then and 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 that's that's what happened. So just to give a, a context of what happened before, and and then we transferred him one year prior at the end of his contract, and then after transferring him, we there the, we found out through the media that his father had already an agreement signed with Barcelona in 2011 uh, that he would that the, giving them the preference uh, whenever the player was free. So anyway, it was, I think it was, uh, was an important, I, I think it was the decision we had to make at that time, especially respecting the player desire to, to, to go there and, 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 and he did really well in Barcelona. And all of these trials, all of these tribulations and stories, Andre, are absolutely fantastic. And what they were doing, in effect, was they were setting you up for the next stage of your career, which took you all the way to Gremayo, who managed to achieve an absolutely phenomenal achievement in of itself, winning the Cup at Libertadores in 2017. I mean, on to the time that you spent there, what were the secrets that you can elaborate upon behind Gremayo's success? Uh, well, I've, I was asked this question before, and for me, uh, the group of people we had in the club at that time, especially the, the, the players, uh, was such, uh, I've never seen such a winning mentality in, in so many different players uh, we had in our locker room that... Uh, it, it, we we knew we, we we were we were up to something special so uh the head coach that is back now in Gremio right now uh Renato he, he he's a legend in the club and uh he he's a guy that also uh is is hungry hungry for 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 wins and 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 this this and and he can motivate the players and everyone around uh, really well. So it it really worked well. It was such a good environment we had in the club, and and so many good people um, going in the same direction, and uh, and 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 it was really special. So we when we were playing Libertadores and and advancing every stage, we felt. We, we, it's going to be tough for us for some team to to take this away from us because uh, it, it was it was it was really really good and you could see uh, and you can feel when you're inside it's hard to explain but we're in your side and and you get this feeling of how things are 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 working well and 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 the spirit you have and 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 the the mindset of everyone everyone that is working there is again especially the players. That we had uh, just uh, just uh, made us uh, be so successful. Uh, unfortunately, we we had by when we played Real Madrid, we we were missing key players. One of them was Arthur Arthur that we we sold uh, we sold to Barcelona uh, the year after we won the Libertadores. Uh, Arthur got injured, so he didn't play the FIFA Club World Cup. We had uh, Mike on our captain that also couldn't play. And uh, Real Madrid, I remember the day they played us, the final, Zidane, the coach at that time, he had all the players available. Uh, so when you have, and, and 
and, and that like Casemiro, Modric, Kroos, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Sergio Ramos, Varane, Marcelo, uh, Bale, Benzema. So it's real, and 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 we lost one zero when in in Cristiano scored on from a free kick that right it through the wall. So, but we 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 played well with even some of our starters missing, but it was really really special years that I had in Grêmio. Seems as though that indeed was a special time during your career, Andrew, being part of a club where there was that unseen, the unseen force, this momentum, everyone working towards that one vision of winning the Libertadores and representing not only the club, not only the country, but the continent on the world stage against Real Madrid in that 2017 Club World Cup final. But if we were to look at layer deeper, I mean, ultimately, you, in your role as technical director, you're responsible for staff, a huge number of staff. I mean, what goes into creating that high-performance culture, not only maintaining it, but also building upon and sustaining that into the future? Uh, I would say there are many factors that can help create that uh, high-performance and 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 especially, I think, uh, a winning mentality environment in 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 the football club uh i think first of all you 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 got to respect and and understand the different needs from uh the people you're managing and 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 trying to uh make them uh we need to to uh make everyone there deliver the best so uh players can be solely focused on, on on their best in training, their best in games. So there are no issues uh, everywhere else. I worked in clubs that we had issues uh, uh, with salaries sometimes and 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 and, and payments. Uh, so when when and, and obviously this affect uh, uh, whatever you have in, in 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 a daily basis with with everyone. So uh, but when when you can have all all the infrastructure, you have good training ground, you have good technology, and and uh, all you 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 allow all the different departments to work at, at with with the what what's best available, and uh, you you provide to the coaching staff to the players a great environment so they can be uh, working at, at 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 as I said in focused on on the objectives we have and and, and, and getting better and 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 uh uh just to win the game so i think those are the main things i would say that uh, helps create this uh this winning environment this this high performance environment that you can again uh get from help I think that's one of the uh, also roles of the sporting directors, just to understand. And what I do here in FC Dallas, just to give an example, uh, after the end of the season, I sit down with with the head of each department and we make an evaluation of uh, the year uh, and just what went well, what went wrong, and let's let's always focus on on improving and fixing what we didn't do very well and, and improve for the next year. And, and in that area, uh, 
we also what what can what what there's out there in the market what other clubs are doing what's what kind of tools we can we can bring that will give us if if we can uh like in in the physiotherapy for example uh if we can uh shorten the recovery time for one player injured player in one day or two days this will give us an advantage so this those small things that we can help in each department and and in the scouting process uh we will how we minimize the mistakes of when when signing a player what what adjustments we can have in the scouting process so all those things keep keep improving keep learning keep understanding what we need to do better in each area it's it's key uh for for a good uh a good environment and, and a, a winning environment and, and a high performance environment and about you and your current capacity andre too because i mean you come from a football loving family in fact your brother holds a similar role to yourself at palmeiras you know a hugely successful organization of one back-to-back libertadores recently but, you know, for those that are watching the video, they may notice that you have a book behind you, No Rules by Netflix. So I'm just wondering, you, in terms of your own growth, your own evolution, I mean, where do you look both in and outside of football to optimize your leadership style? Where do I look? Sorry? Where Yes. Where do you look both inside of football and outside of football for growth, continuous development and to optimize your own leadership? Uh Yes, my brother is kind of different. He he was vice president of Palmeiras until uh, December twenty twenty one. Palmeiras had a, has has a new president now, but he was involved more in the political side of the club, more than being a uh, sporting director or have a a, a specific role uh, uh, in in the club. But uh, he was part of. Uh, very, very, very successful administration period. Um, Palmeiras won, especially 2021, a year that they won two Libertadores because of the pandemic, things got postponed. So it was such a huge and special year and and uh, and, and they did their very, very good job. But um, going to your question, uh, I, I I like to, I have one of the things that I, I have a collection of uh, books in sports. So one thing that I, I like to read a lot and see what others are doing. Uh, I, I don't have any issue to see, uh, to, to look at the top clubs and, uh, and see what they're doing best and try to apply to the reality I have here. Uh, I like to visit uh, clubs uh, as well when I have time and, and especially now in the off season and I'll try to do a partial uh, we're going to Spain during our preseason and I plan to uh, during that time visit a few clubs around there uh, and just to get ideas and uh, understand it and, and 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 it's always fascinating when when I go to visit those clubs because you always get something we have a good relationship with Bayern Munich and uh, I spent some time in Bayern in 2019 learning what they do in, in the different areas. So I like this a lot. Uh, I like watching uh, uh, series and documentaries about uh, in, uh, in sports. So I'm really, uh, I really like uh, everything related to sports. It's something that, that uh, attracts me a lot. I'm right now, during the pandemic, I did a, a, a leadership program in, in Oxford. Uh, online uh, 
just to learn more about leadership. And I'm right now uh, enrolled in the FIFA club management diploma. So I think it's it, we we're we're gonna it's a continuous learning. I, I think there's so much more than I can improve what I do. I can get better. So I tried in different in different uh, areas and 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 in different ways to 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 make myself better uh, a better sporting director better and and I get the support here in FC Dallas from from ownership uh, that they they invest in, in those things to help me get better because they know if I'm better uh, this is this will help the club as well so. Those are the main things that I like to do, and uh, to uh, and continue to to improve what I believe are my 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 the things that I need to improve in 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 what I do. It's a never-ending journey of improvement and growth. However, I like to countenance that with the fact earlier on you spoke about during your earlier years at Santos, you went like three years without a vacation. So I'm just curious, Andre, you know, a lot of people look towards you for guidance and leadership. And it's so easy, as you know, to get caught on the hamster wheel, really, of professional football. I mean, when, in fact, you get time now to just take a step back, take a big, deep breath and reflect. I wish I had more time to that, uh, to do that, because it, we, we, we don't. Uh, once the season ends, uh, it's the off season is a really busy time for us to prepare the roster for the following season. Uh, so that's what, I, what I'm doing right now. Just, uh, and, and as I said, my role is also uh, involved, not only the first team, but also the second team. Uh, the second team, we're, we're also hiring a new coach and uh, we're preparing uh, the new coaching staff and, and, and the new roster for, uh, for, for the next season. Uh, obviously, the main the main focus is with the first team, but there's a lot to do during those times. Uh, I once once this main period of uh, and and signing players and and, and getting uh, preparing the preseason and everything is is ready. I think there's it's a time when when I can uh, stop a little bit, take a a breathe, uh, and and and. And focus on 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 trying to uh, just rest and, and and think about my health as well because we're in a never ending uh, uh, things to do and and what and the sporting director role is is really really there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of things and and once the season begins it's it's also uh, very time consuming so and I have to to young kids that they, I, I need to spend time with them. I know they're not, not going to be in that age forever. So this is something that uh, I also, I, I, I it, it, it really, uh, I put pressure on me because I, I want to spend time and, and, and have time with them. Uh, so, but we got to find, I, I try to, to do uh morning morning exercises and and even during this time and i i i i have uh uh italian classes every week to keep improving my my uh other my languages that i speak 
and, and other things that I like to do play tennis just because this helps us get away a little bit from from the working environment and for from the things that we that consumes us so much uh, and it also helps us uh, uh, mentally especially mentally our mental health it really helps a lot of course and i think that's important to note as well but you know if i was to bring you back again to the beginning of the conversation we spoke briefly about you know how exactly can you really evaluate the success of a technical director and that's what a, both an eye in the short term and the eye in the long term I mean, currently at FC Dallas, you're after coming at, you know, you're after coming through one of your most successful seasons, I believe, since 2016, with a third place finish in the MLS. Not only have the club achieved success on the field, but if you look at what they've done off the pitch in terms of protecting those player development pathways, you look at the long list of players that have come through that club. You look at West McKenney, Reggie Cannon, Jesus Ferreira, Ricardo Pepe. I mean, Andre, I mean, how is the club getting it so right in terms of player development being a big part of that short-term and long-term focus? How has the academy been getting it right and protecting those pathways? Uh, so this is that's a, a very good question. Is uh, when when I came here, I came as 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 you were saying, and uh, I mentioned I came from uh, Santos. Uh, working in Santos and Grêmio, two of the top top academies uh, in Brazil. Uh, you me- you mentioned Pelé and Neymar from Santos. Ronaldinho came from Grêmio's academy. So just to mention uh, a few of the top top players that came from those two clubs. And when I came here, knowing FC Dallas was was known as the, the best academy in the U.S., I was really. But you come from Brazil, you have kind of like this arrogance maybe then uh well uh, i come from the 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 top top country that develops players and, and the quality of players we develop but when i came here i was really really impressed with the quality of the the work we have in our academy um how how the quality of the players that we're, we're we have in the academy and we're promoting and especially the year that i arrived here it was the first year second team so one of the main things I wanted just, and, and starting with the uh, second teams that started with me in 2019, uh, to establish and, and well this pathway to make sure players understood, parents, agents would understand how important it is each one of the steps along the way for a, a player development pathway. And uh, and I think, and, and also something else that I felt was we were most of the players that we had here that were not getting enough minutes with the first team that were first team players signed. They were not, uh, they were not playing with the first team and they were being loaned to USL teams with all respect with the USL, but it's not uh, the ideal window for our young players, maybe for other profile players, but for our really young players, uh, going there, very physical game, not a very, the most beautiful game you're going to watch. Um, and uh, we're paying the salary of those players to play there. Uh, no no perspective of selling them to those clubs. So it was really not a good window uh, for, for, for the young ones. Uh, and then we, I started to establish connections with uh, clubs in Europe that I knew I still, start having relationships with uh, 
with the, the clubs that, that that I know from from important uh, European markets. So one of this was to establish this this pathway and then starting to uh, show the players players just like in South America, players here in the US, they dream to play in the top leagues in Europe. Uh, I hope MLS will get there to compete with those top leagues, but it's not the reality right now. I think MLS has has been doing a great job and it's it's growing in, in the right direction. And I really believe we will the, the gap will be shorter and shorter every year. Uh, but still players want want to want to go to 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 Premier League to La Liga to uh French League or uh, Bundesliga etc so we 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 wanted to to uh make this this pathway through the second team uh, more and more important so that's some of the players you mentioned uh, Ricardo Pepe uh, Brian Reynolds Justin Che uh, Dante Silly uh Tanner Tasman, players that are now in Europe, they went all through this pathway. They played for the second team, then they went to the first team, and uh, they are now playing in top markets in in Europe. Uh, we started to we we were able to loan players to important. So we loaned. Uh, first of all, we went. Chris Richards was the first first transfer I made when I got here. It was just the moment I I. I I arrived, we were transferring uh, Chris Richards to Bayern Munich. And then we had Carlos Gresso in August to Augsburg, a player that we we bought from Stuttgart and then selling for almost four times more the price we bought to, uh, to back to Bundesliga. And then there was Reggie Cannon to Boavista. Uh, then was Brian Reynolds to Roma, Tanner Tesman to Venezia. Uh, we had Justin Chael loan to Bayern Munich, and now he's on loan to Hoffenheim. So what I mentioned about creating those bridges with uh, with Europe uh, and allowing our players to to play in the, in the, the top competitions, even though so- second uh, uh, playing for their the reserve team, uh, it's great for them and great for us. So uh, Dante Silly is in PSV on loan right now. Uh, clubs that have a big, big reputation in, in, in developing players as well. Uh, we loan players to Austrian first division. Uh, so, and, and, and besides the transfer and then Pepe was the, the, the biggest transfer uh, in the history of an American player leaving MLS. Uh, and, and Pepe in January, 2022 to Augsburg. So I think we, we are solidifying and this is something we need to keep, uh, pushing and 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 making uh this pathway stronger and stronger so it's now with some of the rules being more flexible in mls people will not be very much familiar with the homegrown territory rules but we kind of have protected territories and now this is not going to happen as it was before so we gotta have i don't think there's any other team in mls that there's such a nice history of uh, so can tell so many stories of players coming through their system and now being being in the in the in in, in being sown and playing in, in top uh, leagues in the world. Weston McKinney is obviously uh, one of the main ones that uh, the main the main one that we are now playing with Juventus that came through the academy and went to to Schalke, but 
this is the moment I got here. I saw part of our DNA to keep always be promoting players, having players from our academy uh, reaching uh, the first team, and we've been we've been successful in in doing this. What is it down to, Andre? I mean, what's the single biggest contributory factor, or are there many? Because there seems to be a strong vision in place. You have the infrastructure, and there's some really strong-minded and strong-willed people. So what's the question, sorry? What would you put it down to? Is it the vision? Is it the infrastructure? Is it the people? As the uh, reasons why that history is protected? Yeah, it's a combination of everything. So it's it, it comes from ownership down to all of the staff that uh, either from from front office and, and, and coaching staff, support staff, medical staff, everybody that it, it's it's hard to mention one. I think the vision is very clear once you enter the club to and 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 for us it's not only uh and 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 you see the World Cup squad uh we had Weston McKinney, we have Shaq Moore, uh, Walker Zimmerman also was was part of the FC Dallas, Kellen Acosta uh, was from our academy. Jesus Pereira is still our player. So we are the team that provides also more players. We want to keep helping the U.S. soccer program to be more successful. And especially in four years from now, less than four years from now, we'll have the World Cup here. And uh, we we want to continue to be the team that uh, promotes players to play in different age groups in for the U.S. national team, and especially the, the first team, the, the main national team. So uh, it's, it's a combination of obviously the people, people that have been here in the club for years and years. Uh, that are really focused on on helping the players achieve this success, the vision of the club of player development, of promoting and 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 making football or soccer here uh, a more popular sport, a sport that people that American people like to watch more and more. And uh, if there's, we we have an amazing training ground, we have a great infrastructure that we allow. All this should happen. The players should come. Players should want to come, and we 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 want to make we want to be the club that every kid in in the U.S. they want to come. Uh, I want to be a part of FC Dallas program because they they develop players really well. They they promote players to the first team. They I this is what I felt in Santos. I I had uh, I had calls from agents, from fathers, from parents calling me. I want to bring my player to my kid to Santos because I know he will get there. He can get to the first team, and uh, and obvious and and also what I've mentioned in, in in different interviews before, and and I'm saying about the pathway, and then the player ending up uh, in in European leagues. Uh, we have we are not at the level of Santos and Grêmio yet. But if you, when you, when you go to Brazil and you see a player of maybe this level, uh, and for those that are listening, I'm just doing it with my hands here, uh, and then a player not the same level, maybe a little bit below, but this player is from Santos Academy or Grêmio Academy, and this is from an academy that is not very known as uh, as developing players and and. Clubs will pay more for this one because the brand Santos Gremio Academy is so strong and and the 
so many players went through this that that gives more credibility to whoever is buying this player that this player has this the seal the stamp of quality that comes from the those type of academies that we are we have that in 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 again not at this level but FC Dallas now when I go out there and and in Europe and and he speak with the sporting directors and chief scouts they're looking way more careful to players that are that have their their history in our in, in our academy and they see well if this player went to FC Dallas we better take a good look because uh they 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 know how to to develop players they know how to to make players uh good so i think we 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 kind of have this stem now the fc dallas academy quality that of uh, developing players so this makes the whole everyone that works in the club so proud of uh, of this and when we see a player in in a world cup stage uh which is the highest any player can achieve it's 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 amazing for us suffice to say these conversations that you're having andre with clubs in europe the, the us's recent showing in the world cup indeed canada's recent showing in the world cup are all reflections of the change in perception of how north american soccer is being viewed on the world stage now undoubtedly the 26 world cup is going to be an important milestone for this region but if we we're to cast and zoom out a small bit more and if we were to come back and have this conversation in a decade where do you believe fc dallas and mls on a whole will be viewed on the international stage by 2026 let's say in 10 years time a decade from now oh in a decade okay uh well as i said i think mls will will keep uh growing and and i'm i i really hope that it, right now what i can tell in I've been here for four years, going to my fifth season, and the change in uh, the what I see the the European clubs' perception of the this this has changed drastically. Uh, how they see MLS as a very important market for players, especially coming from South America. If they adapt here, if they do well, it's less risk to buy a player that is playing here than going straight to South America and taking them. This I heard from different people, especially in Germany, which the culture, Germany, South America is so different. Uh, so I think players, this will, MLS will be more and more a league of choice. Uh, agents now understand a lot more and, 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 and players, they see a lot more the value of coming to MLS as the step, the step before making the, the jump to the top leagues in Europe. So in the beginning, when I got here, I, I felt really some of the, the agents, the players, uh, top, I'm saying about some of the, 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 the uh, even players that are playing in, in youth national teams, 18, 19, 20 year old players uh, from Brazil, from Argentina, from Uruguay. No, I want to wait, I want to go to to Europe. I, I want, and now, there's a very big change in in, in their uh, in the way of the, the uh, they think about the league. So you see Tiago Almada coming to Atlanta and now being in the the World Cup. And and this would not uh, if five or uh, five plus years ago you wouldn't see that. Uh, 
the player would want to go to, to Europe. He would not come to MLS first and then think about his next step. And now us, we signed Alan Velasco earlier this year and a top 20-year-old uh, from Argentina. Now he's 20, but uh, from Argentina with uh, clubs from different European leagues interested in him but he and when we came we presented our project Keith he he saw it as as a very good step for him so I think more and more this will happen the MLS will be more and more a league of choice for we still have the big big international stars that MLS has been known for uh since Beckham since uh uh Gerard and Kaká and Thierry Henry so many super amazing players, international stars that came here. We still have Gareth Bale, Kellini, uh, Insigne, uh, Higuain was here. They're saying maybe Messi will come uh, soon. So, but more and more you see the young players uh, coming from, especially South America, but you see from Africa, from, from Europe, young players coming, uh, playing here and seeing the league uh, as as a great step for their careers, so I think this will be more and more, and 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 this will increase the level of the competition. So as I said before, the gap with the top European competitions will be, I think, shorter every year. I think we'll we'll start to compete more players. Right now, it's tough for us to compete with uh, with with clubs from from the top leagues, but I think in ten years' time, it we we will be there. I have no doubt about it. Uh, and 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 you mentioned about FC Dallas. We 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 just uh, I hope we uh, in in ten years time we have uh, many the re what we really want is just uh, to keep. As uh, I'm going to be repeating this, but just uh, continue to develop, continue to to help the the U.S. national team to have better players. To have uh, to our team to be stronger and stronger, and in ten years' time, I hope we we win at least the two, three MLS cups. So that 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 certainly we need. So uh, FC Dallas and 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 all the MLS teams, uh, they we, we you see so many good facilities here. Stadiums are top of the art, and uh, you see training grounds. Uh, the high high compared to the top teams in, in Europe. So uh this this was just uh, keep improving and 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 I think we'll be at a level that we are uh, every team in MLS is in, in, in that same level. Uh so and and FC Dallas we, we have to be at the highest standard in in, in football as well. We'll certainly make for an interesting follow up to this episode, Andre, that's for sure. I have to thank you for the last hour or so. I mean, there's some remarkable insight that you shared and that you've gleaned in and that we've been able to glean into, uh, Andre. I mean, you're a huge inspiration for many aspiring sporting directors out there. So just before we close this podcast, I mean, what would your one bit of advice be for people wishing embarking a career such as yours? Well, first of all, thank you very much. Thank you for the kind words and for inviting me for the podcast. Uh, it's been great to share this this last hour, hour with you. Uh, it's something I really enjoyed talking about all those things. So, and uh, if I could share something and 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 encourage people that want to come work 
in the industry and in the sporting uh, director role or any other role. Uh, just be curious, keep uh, what I like. I'll just say what I, things that I that worked for me and just uh, read a lot and participate in seminars and in, in forums and whatever events you can be at to meet people. Networking in this industry is absolutely uh, uh, necessary. It's you need to meet people, get to know people that are working in the industry in, in, in all different areas. Um, be curious, uh, be willing to, to give a step back uh, if you're ready. I, I get a lot of messages from people that are working, uh, lawyers that, that see my history and said, hey, I'm, I'm a lawyer, I, I, I've been working uh, but I want to I want to work in sports and and sometimes you won't if you want to make this shift you need as this happened to me just this step back uh, accept a, a, a maybe a lower uh, position maybe something that you you would not do but if you want to enter in the sports industry accept a lower position that will uh, be a lower salary believing that you give a, a, a higher jump later but because uh, once you enter the industry, once you have the opportunity to enter, uh, it's fascinating. It's really, it's it's a cliche thing, but I, I really don't feel like uh, it's it's as I said, time consuming, stressing. There's a lot of things, but it's, it's you work with something you love, and this is priceless. And uh, yeah, and and I feel good. I don't feel like going to work. I have so much pleasure to do what I do, and every day wake up go to FC Dallas, do the things I do. And, and, uh, uh, it's, 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 it, it, it's worth it. So keep investing your time on meeting people, uh, reading, studying about this and, uh, and, and, and whenever the chance comes, uh, don't be afraid to jump into it. Even, even if it's, it means, uh, having not, not being the same, uh, uh, position or, or range of salary you were making because it's 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 worth it. Andre, some fantastic advice to close. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Connor. It was was nice speaking to you.